Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. So I'm not the one delivering the message today. And uh, let me tell you, I'm so thankful for the amazing speaking team that we have here at No Limits. They're incredible. Don't get me wrong. I love bringing you the word. And if I'm honest, it's actually a little bit hard for me not to bring you the word. Like for me to give up this opportunity to speak on a Sunday morning is quite the challenge for me. I'm kind of like chomping at the bit because I got a word burning in my heart all the time. And I have one for you next week. We're actually going to start talking about end times next week, the rapture, the whole bit. Anybody ready for a message like that? Yeah. I've never talked on that, but I'm, man, I'm excited. The Lord's stirring that in my heart. But you need to hear from more than just me here at church because God has gifted many in our own congregation with the gift of preaching and teaching, and it's awesome. And today you're in for a treat. So Candace Smith, come on up. Can- Woo-hoo! You know, Candace, Candace and I have actually been friends since middle school, and in my mind that wasn't very long ago, but it was actually 20 years ago. <laughs> Wow, time flies. But Candace is a graduate of Rama Bible College, and she's a mighty woman of faith. If you've ever heard this woman pray, you know that to be true. It's incredible. You guys know her as our bass player, and she served on the worship team here at church for years and years and years, probably more than a decade combined, which is awesome. But a fun fact, have you ever noticed that she has a microphone sitting next to her back here? Maybe you're waiting for her to break out in song at some point. You're like, what is that mic doing there? She's actually our music director. And what that means is her mic is just sent to the the band's in-ear monitors. And she's coaching them along through the service, like build or sing this chorus again. And band, are you thankful for Candace being your music director? (laughs) Yep, she's awesome. So she's back there bossing the band the whole time. And you all didn't even know it. But Candace is a gift to the body of Christ. And we're so glad that she's part of our family here at No Limits Church. So y'all just... Give a hand for Candace as she brings us the word. Thank you. Yeah. This is tall for me. You're taller than me, Cade. Yeah, it was funny this morning when I was thinking about, um, what is it, the years that I've known Cade and some other people here. It's, it's almost 20 years. It's, it's amazing to see because Cade and I, our senior year, had chemistry together and both of us had senioritis really bad that last year. One of us would take a nap while the other one would take notes. And then we would just switch off every day. And I don't think we would have passed that class if it hadn't been for the underclassmen not able to do simple math. Because we had math locked in. It was the chemistry part we couldn't get. I don't, I don't know how we passed that class. But we did. Partnership, Partnership yeah. <laughs> Team! <clears throat> All right, well... This is going to go one of two ways. Either I'm going to talk really, really fast, and this is going to be done in about 15 minutes, or the Holy Spirit's going to take over, and this is going to be about 20 to 30 minutes. So we'll see. Okay? First of all, I want to start with just praise the Lord. Thank you, Father, right now. We just thank you, Father, for everything that you've done to bring this together right now, Father. We know that when you start a good work, you complete it, Father, and you started this long before this morning, long before this week, long before Kate even asked me to speak, Father. You had a plan in mind, and you know exactly what you want to say, and you have the people here that you want to hear it, Father, and you have the people online and the people on our podcast that are going to hear this, Father, and we thank you that you make a way where there is no way in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Glory. Hallelujah. I'm not ready. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hosanna. Glory to God in the highest. Oh, he's so good. 
Oh, he's so good. Okay. Well, I actually knew that you were going to ask me to do this, Kate, over a year ago. I was sitting back there, and I heard the Lord. He speaks to me in a really weird way. He, he doesn't just talk. Sometimes he does, like, facial expressions. Like, he'll be like, no, you shouldn't do that. Or he'll just look at me funny or just give me a, something. And just I could just see it. You know, as a wife, you just, you're like, oh, I feel that facial expression right now, you know? And he did. I was sitting back there, and he just stood up from the chair next to me. I don't even think there was a chair, but I just felt him stand up. And he pointed, and he said, you're going to be up there. And I said, Okay. So I wrote it down, put a mental note, and that was over a year ago. And then a month ago, he again, he reminded me, you're going to be up there. I said, all right, Lord. And in this year, he's just been filling me up with different things because last year was the year of change for me. He said, behold, I will do a new thing. And my goodness, did he do a new thing? I got married. I sold my house. I got a new house. I changed jobs, not just a little change, but a huge change. Like it was quite the year of brand new beginnings for me. And then it was a couple weeks ago, I heard the Lord again say, you're going to speak in a week. I'm like, all right, you've been filling me up with so much stuff for this last year. I cannot wait. This is going to be so good. And then uh, last week er, during the service, the Lord said, Kay's going to ask you to speak next week. I went, all right. So I waited and I waited and then I left. Kay never talked to me. I'm like, well, I guess I missed it, but I don't think so. And then that afternoon you texted me, will you speak? And I was so nervous that I almost said to the Lord, do I need to cancel my band trip? Do I need to do this? Because I know you've been prepping this for a year, Lord. He's like, no, just, just tell him you're busy and you'll do it next time. I was like, all right, I'll say that. Because I was just, I was filled up. And then I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to speak on? You want me to speak on this or this or this? All these things you've been filling up with. He's like, nope, nothing that I've talked to you about. You're going to do a new thing right now. And this new thing was last week, because I'm also a band director of Locust Grove, and we took our band trip last week. And oh my goodness, when I tell you what I'm going to speak on today, you will understand that when Cade gets up here, or the other speakers in the church, they have to walk out what they preach beforehand. And it is not always a nice thing to have to walk out what God's about to give to you to speak to other people. Oh man. And I don't even want to tell you what it is just yet, because it's a very churchy thing, And I feel like some people, like you said, they're going to roll their eyes. You're going to think, yep, got it. Don't need to hear it anymore. But this, this was a thing to walk out this week. And today I'm speaking on God being always faithful. And that's what he is. He is always faithful. And that, that has been running through my head every day in the last week. So I got to tell you about my band trip first. So Before COVID, I planned a trip. I hired a company. I said, this is what I want to do. Take care of it for me. It was easy. It was great. Then COVID hit. We didn't get to do it. And my husband convinced me, it's cheaper and better if you do it by yourself. You plan everything. You coordinate everything. And I said, okay, sounds good. So for the last six months, I've been coordinating this trip to take 27 people. And then at first, we were going to go to, uh, what was it? The symphony orchestra. And then two weeks before our trip, the symphony orchestra went on strike. I had to replan that. And then three weeks before our trip, SeaWorld decides we have to have tax-exempt status in the state of Texas. And then I have to call the state of Texas. I have to get tax-exempt status. And they said, well, we're not going to give you tax-exempt status. I'm like, well, okay. I guess we'll just go a different way. And then what else happened? On the way down, the bus broke and we lost an instrument. <laughs> yeah. On the way down. And my band parents saw it but didn't think to stop to pick it up until 20 minutes later. Like, 
you saw it and you didn't get it? She's like, no, I'll go back and get it. And so she went back and she couldn't find it. So instead of being three hours early to the new thing that I had to replan, we were right on time, which is kind of crazy when you're coordinating lots of people. People with children will understand you can't just get there and be in the building. It takes it takes 20 to 30 minutes to say, okay, here we are. Let's go. No, you have to use the restroom. You have, okay, it's, it's even worse when you have a lot of people. Man. And then <laughs> the student that lost the instrument was also a soloist for the performance that we were going to have. So then I'm thinking, do I call the director that we're going to be at their school? I don't have his cell phone. I can email him. Hopefully he'll see my email. Hopefully he'll say, yes, you can borrow a clarinet. So I'm just like, okay, God, always faithful. Be faithful right now. I thought you'd be faithful to help us find the clarinet in one piece, but apparently not. So faithfulness in this other way, please. Thank you. Because, of course, I was praying, Lord, help us find that clarinet so we can move on with our trip. Didn't happen. But as soon as we get to our performance, he sees my student without a clarinet, and he said, where's, where's her clarinet? Well, it fell off the bus. It broke. We don't know where it is. He goes, oh, I'll go get you one. It's like, thanks. Thanks, God. We get back, the two days after we get back from SeaWorld, the state of Texas finally emails me and said, oh, yeah, you're tax exempt. Just get a refund. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. That was three weeks late, but thanks. I appreciate it. And then I, I finally, Sunday, because I'm driving this bus 12 hours down to San Antonio, driving with no air conditioning, praise the Lord, or a working fan because it was broken too, so that's fun. So I'm driving down. I'm finally like, okay, Lord, we got it. Always faithful. This is a great story. This is awesome. I get it. Thank you for helping me walk this out. And then for whatever reason, I never check my email on Sundays. I check my school email. My principal says, I want to see you in my office Tuesday morning. Like, oh, what did I do? What did I do wrong now? Because this principal and I have been kind of going around a little bit. And so then instantly I'm just upset. Great. Now the whole trip's ruined and I never done it. I'm so scared and terrified my principal's going to fire me or something. I don't know what I did, but that's never a good email. When the boss is like, I need to see you, and that's it. So, again, I just started putting on some worship music in my head just to get my head out of this bad space. And see, uh, the Sea of Victory came on, and I heard the Lord say, you need to have them play that uh, this Sunday. I said, all right, Lord, do I need to text Dylan, tell him what I want to preach on? It's like, no, I'll take care of it. Just, just know that it's going to happen this Sunday. I'm like, okay, Lord, thanks. And what happened? See a victory. That wasn't planned. You know what Dylan's uh, theme was today? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Always faithful has been in my head for two weeks. And then Dylan plans this whole thing out. And then, of course, I get to the principal's office Tuesday morning, so we don't have school on Mondays. And she's like, oh, yeah, I just wanted you to be aware that this little thing happened. And I was like, well, okay, I'm sorry. And that was it. It wasn't a big deal again. Just faithful. God is always faithful, always faithful. Will you pull up that first verse for me? So this is the first thing that God told me when, I was, when he started talking to me about always faithful. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. He cannot deny who he is. And I love that saying. Even if we are not faithful, he is faithful. Even if we mess up, he can't mess up. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what's happening. God is who he is, and that's it. That's it. So as a teacher, I tried to, I tried to make this uniform, but we'll see where God takes me. So I want to talk to you first about God is faithful to his word, even though it may not look like it. 
Okay, even though it may not look like it. The story of Joseph, if anybody doesn't know the story of Joseph, he was given a vision. Everybody made fun of him for his vision. It was years, years of torment. It was slavery. It was a household that people sped lies about him. It was prison. It was years before he saw that vision completed. But he saw the vision completed. Just because it doesn't look like you think it's going to look like doesn't mean God's not going to be faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. And you know what's even better than that is the story of Jacob while this is happening. Because Jacob had this son that was his, well, I don't necessarily agree with having a favorite son when you have 12 children. But still, it was his favorite son of his 12 children who was gone, who was dead, who was brought back to him in a time of need. Jacob didn't know that there was going to be a great famine in all of the, the, the earth at the time, that he was going to have a need, and God supplied that need before there was ever even a need to be had. God is faithful. Let's go to Samson. This one I thought was just hilarious. Samson 13, 1 through 5. Samson? No, it's Samson. What did I say? Judges. On my sheet, it's Samson. Yeah, yeah, the book of Samson. Come on, pull it up. Pull up the book of Samson. I went to Bible college. I know it's in there. Now this, this right here, this, this made me laugh so hard when I was studying this. Again, 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 the Israelites are doing evil in the sight of the Lord. Again, like, come on. Again, they're not doing the right thing. They're doing evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Philistines to be oppressed for 40 years. Let's go to the next verse. In those days, a man named, I cannot pronounce that right, Manoah, that's this I got, from the tribe of Dan, lived in the town of, okay, Zorora. I promise I practiced this. His wife was unable to become pregnant, and they had no children. Next verse. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, even though you've been able, unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to the son. Now that'll preach. That's not even what I'm talking about today, but that'll preach if you're a woman that wants to be pregnant. Next verse. So be careful. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink or eat any forbidden food. Next verse. <clears throat> You'll become pregnant and give birth to a son and his hair must be never be cut for he will be dedicated to God as a... Nazarite from birth, he'll begin to rescue evil uh, Israel Sorry, from the Philistines. So stop right there. Again, they were unfaithful to God. And again, God's going to rescue them, right? God is always faithful. Always faithful. Now, I'm not going to read it. But in the rest of the, the chapter, he starts to rescue, right? He, he plans a, a plan for to rescue the Israelites. Now, this, was, this cracked me up just to make sure just to make sure this family got this right, because the angel said this to the wife, and then Manoah's like, well, I want to hear it too, so bring the angel back. So then he prays, and God says, well, I'm going to hear you. We're going we're gonna to bring the angel back. So the angel comes back. He says, explain it again to me. So the angel explains it again, just to make sure we got this right. Go to verse 8 and 9. I don't think I highlighted that. I think I missed it. You got it? They're getting there. Actually, just go to 14. That'll be great. So just to make sure they got this right, they asked it again. And the angel stayed. The angel stayed for dinner, although the angel didn't eat. They did all these things just to make sure that they got this right. And the prophecy was to get rid of the Philistines, yes? 
then the first thing that Samson does is he gets delight in the Philistine women and he wants to marry one. And they're like, what? This isn't what God promised us. What? You're supposed to be taking care of these people, getting rid of them. You're not supposed to be marrying them. That's not how we do this. So Judges 14, one, one day when Samson was in, I can't pronounce that one either. Timnah, one of the Philistine women's caught his eye. Go to the next verse, please. And when he returned, he told his father and mother, a young Philistine woman in Tanah, Timnah, caught my eye and I want to marry her. Get her for me. Go get her. I want that one. Go to the next verse. So his father and mother objected. Uh, isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among all of the Israelites that you can marry? Isn't there just one that's not of the people that you're supposed to destroy? Okay. And they asked, why must you go to the pagan Philistines to find a wife? But Samson told his father, get her for me. <laughs> she looks good to me. That's, that, that sounds like a man. No, I want that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, go to the next verse. Oh, there you go. Thank you. So his father and his mother didn't realize the Lord was at work in this. Did you guys catch that? They had the prophecy that Samson is a special child. He's going to be the one to start getting them free of this oppression that they've been facing for 40 years. Like, it's not a little time. That's 40 years. That's a long time. They're ready to be done with these people that are ruling over them. And now their savior wants to marry one. So they don't understand. His father and his mother don't understand. A lot of times when we're in the process of a prophecy, we don't understand what's happening. We see the clarinet fly out from the bus and the parent not be able to pick it up. We don't understand what's going to happen next, right? We don't understand that there's going to be provision that Sunday. And also, we don't understand Wednesday. And guess what I had donated to the school? A new clarinet. So what I lost, I had gained even more so because it was a better clarinet than the one I had lost. God is always faithful. Always faithful. <coughs> okay, so this... This is, the, this is the next best part, okay? So verse 5, Samson and his parents were going down to the, the town, Timnah. A young lion suddenly attacked Samson near the vineyards of Timnah. Next verse, sir. And at that moment, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, and he ripped the, law, the lion's jaw apart with his bare hands, and he did it as easily as if it were a young goat, but didn't tell his father or his mother about it. If Samson didn't want to marry that Philistine woman, he wouldn't have been walking on this journey to meet the lion, to have anointing of God, to rip apart this thing that was attacking him, right? If he didn't have this desire, even though it looks completely different, it doesn't look like what's going to be happening is should be happening. That's what happened. And then later, stop it. Okay. And then later he tried to marry the woman, right? But she wanted, he did this riddle thing and she wanted the riddle so she can give it to her people because he bet these people a bunch of money because that's, that's a good thing to do, right? That's a Christian thing to do to start gambling about stuff on your wedding day. That sounds great. Again, God is faithful. Doesn't matter what's happening. And then, uh, what happened? To, to pay the debt, Samson goes and kills 35 men to cover the debt, to pay for the thing that happened. That's, that's a good thing, right? Murder is always good. Okay. And then uh, eventually he goes back because he gets mad at his wife. So he goes home. He just says, I'm done with you, wife. And he goes home back to his parents. And then he decides, oh, yeah, I liked that Philistine woman. I'm going to go see her. But 
the father remarried her to her, his best man, and he got really angry, so he burned the village down. He caught 300 foxes first, which I think is even more impressive. He caught 300 foxes and then burned the village down. And then the Israelites, 3,000 of them went to him and said, please let us tie you up and take you to the Philistines. Please don't hurt us. And he said, all right, if all you do is tie me up, I'm okay with that. And then later, they dropped him off at the Philistines, of course, the Lord power comes upon him. He rips apart the ties and he kills a thousand soldiers with the jawbone of a donkey, right? And of course, this never would have happened if he didn't want to marry a Philistine woman, right? This never would have happened if he didn't want to do something that he's not supposed to do, right? God is always faithful. He can take what we mean for evil and he can turn it for good. Yes, he can turn it for good. Now, Samson judged Israel for 20 years, it says. And then in the final blow, we know the story, most of us, of Samson and Delilah. Yeah. The final story, he falls into the trap of the woman again. This is his, this is his niche, apparently. The crazy, beautiful Philistine women. He falls into the trap. He goes through this stuff. They burn out his eyes. And he says, you know, one more time, Lord, let me do what I'm supposed to do. And then kills 3,000 of them just like that. Now, that was the prophecy that he would be the one to start this thing, this getting away from the Philistines, destroying the Philistines. Now, it didn't go the way his parents thought it should go, but God was faithful and the prophecy was fulfilled. Yes. Yeah. God is faithful. Okay. Even though it doesn't look like what you think it should. And that reminds me, when you think faithfulness, I usually think about marriage. Yes. I mean, God is so good that he told Jose which when I talked about Jose to my husband, Paul, he said, Jose, who? I didn't know they were Mexicans in the Bible. That's literally what he said to me. It's like, no, Paul. No, it's, he's a prophet, okay, in the Bible. God told Jose, go marry a prostitute, have children with her, because this is what it looks like between my relationship with me and my people. They leave me, they go, they sleep around, they do things they're not supposed to, but I seek after them, I pull them, I pull them back to my house because he is faithful. Even when we are not faithful, he is faithful. Even when we sin against him, he is faithful. You know, yesterday I took my band to a contest and we did really well at that contest, really well. And that morning I did not do my Bible study for the contest, but you know what? God was still faithful, still Okay, he's not faithful because we pray. He's not faithful because we read the Bible. God is faithful because that's who God is. He is faithful. It doesn't matter what you do or what you don't do. God is faithful. <clears throat> so then my next point, let's go to Philippians 1.6. When God starts a good work, he's faithful to complete it. Okay, if he starts it, he's going to finish it. Okay, the first person I want to talk about is Abraham. From the time that God told Abraham to go, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Go be a foreigner in a different land. It was 470 years from that time to the time where the Israelites finally entered the promised land. 470 years. God is faithful. If he starts something, he's going to finish it. Even to Abraham personally, when, when God said, Abraham, you can't have, they didn't have children. He was old. He said, I'm going to bless you with this. It was still 20 years before he got that first blessing, yeah? God is faithful. God is faithful. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. And in that time, Abraham was prosperous. God didn't let go of him. God wasn't like, well, I'm going to give it to you when you're good and right, Abraham. No, I'm going to give it to you, Abraham, when you can read the Bible every day. 
No. Abraham, I'm going to give you this when I can trust that you're not going to sin. No. God God is faithful. If he says it, he's going to do it. Now, what what I think is crazy is when God started with Abraham, one, 470 years later, over a million people left Egypt to go to the promised land. Over a million. God is faithful. He is so good. So good. Uh, now I want to go to Exodus, sir. Now, a lot of times we have an issue with God being faithful is because we don't understand seed, time, and harvest. Because when we hear that, we think seed, time, harvest. Seed, time, harvest. I plant the seed. I wait the time. I reap the harvest. But it's really seed, time, and then harvest. Yeah? Yeah, I plant the seed, and then I want it to grow right now. Let's go. Let's go, seed. I want apples right now, today. And it doesn't happen. That's like starting a diet today and then getting on the scale going, what? how is it? Did I lose weight? Did it, did it work? No. Right, darling? It doesn't work that fast. No. So Exodus 2, 24, 25. So this is after the people had been losing their children, after they'd been enslaved for quite some time, I love this verse. It said, God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then the next verse, 25, he looked down to the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. He knew it. He'd heard the groaning. He'd heard it. And it had been years. Years. He'd heard it. He knew. But it wasn't time yet. He knew when it was time to act. Now, time and harvest, because if you think about the life of Moses, right, his mother had the baby, saw the baby, and she said she saw that it was a special baby, and she didn't want to have to give up the baby, because at that time, they were killing all the male children of the Hebrews in Egypt, and so she hid the baby as best she could for three months, and then, of course, you can't hide a baby, okay? It's just too loud, too noisy. Kate can tell you that, right? Yeah. They hid the baby, and then... She trusted the baby to the river, right, to the Nile. God is always faithful. She knew. She knew if I give this child to God, God's going to take care of this. And, of course, the story of Moses is so incredible that it was found by an Egyptian princess, and then the mother got to nurse the baby for the rest of his life. Like, how good is God that you would trust your baby to him, and he's going to take care of it better than you could have ever imagined because now she's going to get paid to raise that baby. Right? Single moms know that's not typically the case. Yeah? Could you imagine? Now you're going to get paid to take care of that baby? God God is so good. He's so faithful. But seed time and harvest, right? From the moment that that baby was born, she saw that he was special. But it was 80 years later before Moses came back to deliver the people from Egypt. 80 years. It says he was 80 and Aaron, I think, was 81, 83 But of course, it doesn't always look like it's supposed to, because when you're planting a garden, it's not just getting up the dirt. It's the everyday of getting in the dirt, pulling the weeds, making sure the bugs aren't there. It takes work. And what's crazy is when God started to deliver the people, when he finally got, when time was over and it was the time to act, their workload doubled, right? But doubled. And within that time, too, there were the plagues that we all remember, but You know, the first few plagues that they had to suffer as well, the Hebrew people, it wasn't until 
after all the water was turned to blood that God decided, I'm going to separate my people. So the Egyptians know these are mine. These are you. Okay. Goshen is going to be fine. Goshen, not a single locust touched Goshen, but not a single blade of grass was left in Egypt after the locusts came. Not a single blade. Okay. When God wiped out the animals, not a single animal was touched in the, in Goshen where the Hebrews were, the, the Israelites, but everything was wiped out. They even went to Goshen to check on it, to see, is it different? Is it different? It's different because God was taking care of them. Yeah. When, when the Passover came, which, you know, we celebrated that a few weeks ago, when the Passover came, not even a dog was barking in the Goshen land. It was so quiet. It was so peaceful. But in the other side, there was a whale that hit so hard that it, could you imagine losing the firstborn of every household, even the animals? It's crazy. It's different. God set them apart because God is faithful. He says he's going to do it. It's going to be done. God is faithful. Now, what's really crazy is they entered this foreign land with nothing, and they leave with all of the gold of Egypt. They gave them everything. They said, please go. Please. Moses just wanted three days to go worship the Lord, and Pharaoh just kept saying no. Well, then he'd say yes. Then he'd say no. Yes. No. Yes. Okay. Maybe a few of you. No. No. He just, he couldn't make up his mind. He was crazy. But they ended up leaving with everything, everything. And what I think is crazy about God's faithfulness is when he, <laughs> so I led a group of 27 last week and that, that took some work. That was, I don't want to say annoying, but it's, 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 it's something. Okay. It's, it, it was, it was something it, it makes, it makes me when I, when I read about Moses and how he was taking care of this million people, I go, yeah, I get it. They're, they're just, they're so naggy. They're so, they're just, it just happens. It does. Could you imagine a million people traveling together? I mean, I, I have a hard time getting my class of 27 up and out the door together. It takes me 30 minutes. I always allot 30 minutes to get them moving. And Moses was taking a million people to this area, the Red Sea, a million. And then they hit the sea. What are we going to do? There's the sea and an army behind us going to kill us. What's going to happen? And then the east wind comes and parts the Red Sea and they walk across on dry ground. Dry ground. We Oklahomans know that dry ground isn't something that always happens after a rain, especially when it's been soaked in the sea. But that's exactly what happened to them. Dry ground. And then they were saved. God is always always faithful. Let's go to Exodus 16. You guys know what it means when a band director looks at their watch? (laughs) Nothing. That's what it means. Nothing. (laughs) Yep. So this, this, this cracked me up quite a bit. This reminded me of the time Chris Wills told me a story in the Bible of this guy being uh, hypocritical or he was making fun of the king. It just cracked me up. This reminded me of that. It said, these are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as he needs, pick up two quarts for each person in their tent. So we're talking about manna. We have been saved from the plagues. We've been saved from the army. We have crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, all one million of us-ish. Okay, there were 600,000 men. I assume there are about that many women and children too. So I'm just guessing at a million here. 
So then now they're hungry and they want food. So God says, fine, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you food. So let's go to the next verse, 17. So the people of Israel did as they were told. They gathered a lot and uh, some only a little. Next verse. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered had a lot, uh, nothing left over. And those who gathered only a little had some. Each family had just what it needed. Why? God is faithful. Next verse. <laughs> this, this is the part that if you have to lead people, it just cracks me up. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until morning. Next verse. But some of them didn't listen. Go figure. Some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. And then by then it was full of maggots and it had a terrible smell. And Moses was very angry with them. And I totally understand that. I can't, I, I deal with 11 year olds to 18 year olds. And every day it's, here's your reminder. Here's your reminder. Here's your reminder. Next day. Here's your reminder. Here's your reminder. Here's your reminder. Next day. And I'll usually do that for at least two weeks before we have to do anything. At least I remind them when we get there. I remind them when we leave. I remind them in the middle of class every day for at least two weeks. And if it's a big thing, I'll do it for a month every single day. They, they still don't get it. Still. Still. What? There's a contest tomorrow? Yes. It's been on the calendar for six months. I've been telling you about it three times a day for the last month. I sent reminders. I sent emails. I sent text messages. They don't get it. They don't get it. This doesn't happen. Now, what's crazy to me is this, this bread, the manna, because they got bread in the morning and they got quail in the evening, right? And then he had to teach them about the Sabbath. And the day before the Sabbath, they had, to go, they had to gather twice as much. And then it said, on the Sabbath, that day, miraculously, it didn't smell bad. And it didn't have maggots. Every other day, if they gathered it, it would smell bad and it would have maggots. But on that day, because God knows... God knows what it's like to have people around and he's faithful to make sure that they do it right. That on the Sabbath, it would not be, it would not be nasty. And Moses even said, don't go out. There's going to be no manna there. There's going to be nothing there. And it said in the, it says later, they still went out. They still looked for it and they still couldn't find it. And I was like, Moses told you. What's well, even funnier, I'm not going to read it to save time, that before the, the manna even came down, Moses told them, okay, guys, God's going to give us quail in the evening, manna in the morning. So you're going to see it. And the, the cloud was there. They could literally see the cloud of God next to them. And they're still saying, we're hungry and you're not feeding us. It's, like, it's literally right here. It parted the Red Sea. It saved you from all these plagues. But okay, sure. We're not going to remember that he's going to be faithful to us. <laughs> and then the next day, after Moses told them everything that was going to happen, the ground and they said what is it and he I could just hear it in his voice it's the manna that I told you about go get it go gather it like God is always always faithful and you know what's crazy is these people I like I like to think that it's these people not this person because this person would never forget that God is faithful right Never. I would, I would never think God saved me from this. And then all of a sudden I have an email from my principal and now I'm panicking. That would never, it happens all the time. Okay. This is just a a testimony of who we are and what we go through. We can have God deliver us from something catastrophic, right? Uh, A cancer and then it's gone. 
And then the next day, well, I don't know if God's going to help me with my car insurance payment. Like, really? He helped you with the cancer, but not the car insurance? Okay. Really? Or, you know, God, God saved me from this, but I don't know if he can help my child with this teacher in this class. Really? God can turn the heart of Pharaoh. I think he could take care of a teacher in a classroom, right? God, God is always, always faithful. And these people, for whatever reason, kept forgetting that for 40 years. In 40 years. But God still, every day, manna, every evening, quail. Through the 40 years, they never even had to get another shoe because their shoes lasted for 40 years. God is faithful. It said that they had manna up until the day they entered the border of the promised land. That's when the manna stopped. And God made them gather it up so they would remember later on what God did to them or for them, not to, for, right? God is always faithful. Let's go to that last, that last scripture, Proverbs 10.3. So my points, if you're taking notes, I see everyone taking notes. That's great. Thank you. I appreciate you. Okay. Uh, God's faithful, even though it's not what you think it looks like, right? God is faithful. If he starts a good work, he's going to complete it, even if it takes him 470 years to complete it. Yes. And then the last, God is faithful to those who are faithful. Okay. Proverbs 10, 3, the Lord will not let the godly go hungry. He won't. He won't let the godly go hungry, but he refuses to satisfy the craving of the wicked. I try not to be wicked, so I focus on the godly part. The Lord will not let the godly go hungry. He will take care of us. Even if it's manna from heaven, quails from a cloud for 40 years, even if you have to wear the shoes, the same shoes every single day for 40 years, which as a woman, I don't like that. I want different shoes every single day for how I feel or my outfits. I don't even know if the white shoes match today. I didn't get it approved by Paul before I left the house. But God is faithful. <clears throat> this, this year, like last year, was a year of change for me. And when I started this new school, I told the Lord, really, I really don't want to do all this work, God. This is going to be so much work, and I'm not going to do it. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to build this up. You're going to have to do this stuff. And typically, band programs have about 10% of the student body in a program. So if it's a school of 3,000, you'll have 300 students in the band program, if that makes sense. And usually, you're doing good if you've got 10%. You're doing your job, and you're doing it well. So the Lord was asking me, well, fine, I'll do the work for you. What do you want? And I said, 10%, God, because I know that's the typical. And he just gave me that look like, really, 10? That's what you think I am? And he reminded me, I'm the God that parted the Red Sea. I'm the God that delivered Joseph. I'm the God that does these things, and you're asking me for 10%. And I said, okay, I'm sorry. 20, 20%, God. I want 20% of the student body in this band program. Knowing right now that the last time I saw them, I saw 10 kids. I don't even know if there's a half percent in the band program right now. And then God just shook his head and he just laughed at me. He said, Candace, I am the God of the most high. I am the alpha and the omega. 20% is all you ask of me? And I said, okay, God, fine. 30%, but that's as high as I can go. 30% is all I can ask you to do, please. 30%. And he said, okay. I got it. And then all year, <clears throat> it's just, he's been faithful all year. I see things where I started with, ended up with 27 kids after I talked a few into joining the program. 
I just took a trip and I had 17 left of those 27. And every time I had to either get rid of one or let one go, God just told me, I got this. I'm doing the 30%, not you. It's like, yes, Lord. Every time the, the school would make a policy that would usually go against the band program, God would just say, I got this. Don't worry about it. I'd say, yes, Lord. I'm not doing this. You are. They, they promised me a bond issue, but then they didn't put the band program on it. And you know what I heard the voice of the Lord say? I got this. Don't worry. I was like, all right, God. Sounds good. A few weeks in the school year, typically a, band, a high school band program costs between five dollars to $10,000 to run throughout the year. I got my receipt books, and I had $48.02 in the account. $48.02. I used to just say $48, but one day someone said, don't forget the two cents. That's important. I'm like, okay. So then I went to the school, which didn't, doesn't give the band a budget, and I said, I can't do this with, with this amount of money. And I said, Lauren, you've got to take care of this. This isn't me. This is you. And they gave me $8,000 to run the program. And I said, okay, that's something. It's not enough, but it's something. <clears throat> And then we did our first fundraiser, which was another $4,000. And then we did another fundraiser, which last year when I did the books, they made $5 off their fundraiser last year. $5. They spent $3,000 to make five. Five dollars. That's not a good investment. If anybody wants to write that down, that's horrible. Right? It's horrible. But then the next fundraiser, we made another $2,000. I'm like, okay. So I started with $48.02. I managed to get another eight and then almost another five on top of that. And then we did another fundraiser that I just kind of, God, I need more. I can't start the next year with, with, the, with the little bit that I have right now. We, we need $10,000. We did another fundraiser. We fundraised $10,000. God is so good. And then everything that happened with that trip and this program that I've taken on done Literally nothing for the last three years. Nothing. And then yesterday, we went from not going to a contest in at least 10 years to being the best band at the contest yesterday. The best band of 20. Yeah, that's, that's not me. That's God is faithful. God is faithful. I started the year with three beginners. I managed to recruit another 40, and by managed, I mean I spoke, God worked, another 40. So eventually, we had 60 kids in a program that had 20 last year. And then the last time I spoke, 90% of the kids are going to be in the program. Not 30, 90% of one grade, which means that we're going to have 30%. So a program of 20 in the next year is going to be a program of 300. And that's not me. That's God. Right? From the time that he said, you're going you're gonna to do that in a year. Right? That's, that's God. He does this. Now, it, it, God, it, God is faithful to those who are faithful. Da- Daniel didn't get saved from the lion's den the day he went into the lion's den. Right? Daniel prayed every single day, three times a day, all his life. Every single day. Three times a day. If you are that kind of person, God's going to be faithful. You don't even have to ask for it. You don't have to say, God, deliver me from the lion's den. Because you're not going to know the lion's den's coming. But God's going to be faithful, yes? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't have time to say, Lord, save us from the fire. But they had time to say, we're going to be faithful to whatever you're going to say, God, even if it means our death. Yes? 
God is so good. David couldn't defeat Goliath. We talked about sea of victory, and, and Dylan, I don't think I want to do that now that I'm thinking about it. But David, David didn't start with Goliath. David started with the things that were attacking the sheep that he was in charge of. And then through that, through seeing that God is faithful, David was able to say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this principal that dares to email me things that scare me? Who cares? It doesn't matter because I have the God of the Most High sitting with me. Yes? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's coming against me. It doesn't matter what's in front of me. All that matters is that God is faithful. Yeah? God is faithful. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.